This morning we are concluding our study of the book of Proverbs, and I have entitled this sermon, The End of the Road. Uh, All throughout these last eight months or so that we have been working our way through Proverbs, we've been presented with a binary choice, two different ways of living, two paths that we can choose to walk down. We can live as fools or as those who are wise. We can be lazy or diligent. We can be envious or content. We can be kind or cruel. We can be proud or humble. In each of these areas of life and so many more that we've looked at, Proverbs has been showing us how to choose the wise path. Wisdom has been pictured throughout the book of Proverbs as crying out to us in the streets, calling to anyone who will listen and learn. And the goal of this sermon this morning is to get us to choose which path we will walk down based on the final destination. Uh, Don't choose based on which path is easiest. Don't choose whichever path seems best to you in the moment. Don't choose based on what everyone around you is doing. And don't just fail to intentionally choose anything, making decisions throughout life as you go. Rather, Proverbs wants us to ponder the end results of the life that we're living the choices that we're making each and every day, and to see where that path leads. And so with this being, some of this is going to be building upon subjects we've looked at in the past, things like uh, happiness, foresight, self-discipline. It's all going to be kind of coming together and concluding our study of Proverbs by showing us the end result of a life of walking in wisdom and in the fear of the Lord. First, Proverbs teaches us to consider the end of the road we're taking. Proverbs 14, verse 11. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. The way that seems right isn't always right in the final analysis. It may sound like wisdom, but lead ultimately to death. Uh, such is the case with worldly wisdom. Proverbs wants us to consider the end of that way. The house of the wicked, we are told, will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. So at the end of a life of wickedness, of foolishness, is destruction. That's the end of the road. If you choose to ignore the instructions, the principles that Proverbs has given to us, you will end up in destruction. Whereas a life lived in wisdom and in righteousness and the fear of the Lord leads to flourishing. And those really are the two options that we are going to be thinking about today. Uh, Destruction or flourishing, or you could say death and life. Often Proverbs presents a life of misery and destruction as death. And a life of uh, human flourishing and thriving is described as life. For example, Proverbs 11 verse 19 says, whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Now, if you took that literally, just think about it for a minute, what exactly would that mean? We all live and we all die. So what does it mean that someone who is pursuing righteousness will live and someone who's pursuing evil will die? Well, in Proverbs, it seems that more is being communicated by these terms. Life is more than just simply having a pulse And death is more than not having a pulse. Wisdom sees death as not just the physical event of a moment when you cease to exist, but as a whole realm, a domain of human existence in conflict with life. Sickness, suffering, 
fear, destruction, loss, and sin are all forms of death that are encroaching on life. Real life, according to Proverbs, is what Jesus would later describe as abundant life. Proverbs often uses terms like flourishing. It's a kind of existence that's more than merely existing. It is joyful. It is purposeful. It is living free of guilt and shame, living in communion with God and others. It's the good life. Proverbs 12, verse 28, In the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. You see again, This is speaking of more than merely existing and ceasing to exist. It is a kind of living. In the path of righteousness is true life. Life as God intended it for us. Garden of Eden kind of life. We often see that image in Proverbs of the tree of life reminding us of what God wants us to experience and enjoy in the world as he has created it for us. And so as we're considering which path to walk down, Proverbs wants us to think about the end results. The end of one path is life, abundant life, flourishing. The end of the other path is death, which is so much more than simply uh, ceasing to live in this, in this world. It is suffering, it is shame, it is trouble. A great section in Proverbs that expounds on this theme is in chapter 2, where Solomon is writing to his son about the benefits of wisdom, uh, encouraging him to find wisdom and implement it into his life. In verse 20, he says, So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. My son, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. This is the end of the road for those who choose wisdom and the fear of the Lord. It is a life of peace, of favor, of good success in the sight not only of man, but even there of God. Abundant life is never to be found in wickedness. This is one of the lies of Satan, that we can enjoy all the benefits of life in the world apart from obedience to the God who created us. Proverbs wants us to realize that there are only two options. There are only two paths that we can choose. We can live for ourselves, or we can live for the Lord. We can do as we please, or we can do as he has instructed us. And the choice that we make will inevitably lead to the end result. It is either life or death. It is either flourishing or suffering. As Proverbs 10 verse 16 says, the wages of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. The reward for righteousness is life. The reward for wickedness is sin. You can't choose the path of sin and folly and then expect to end up at the end of the other road. Once you choose a pattern of life, you are choosing the consequences that come from that pattern of life. Abundant life in Proverbs is said to never be found in sin because sin complicates life. Proverbs 12, verse 21, no ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Now you might read a verse like that and think, really? I mean, come on, Proverbs. Uh, Seems like you're exaggerating here. No ill befalls the righteous. 
I can imagine someone like Job reading a verse like this and thinking, come on, man, Uh, that didn't seem to work out that way for me. Remember, as we read through Proverbs, these are principles, not promises. There are exceptions, but this is the rule. Living in the fear of the Lord invites God's blessing into your life. Living a life of wickedness leads to trouble. Sin complicates life. That's the principle behind this proverb. That living in sin leads to complication and trouble. Or you could say it this way. We often make life harder than it needs to be by our foolish and sinful choices. When we choose to go our own way and ignore the guidance of the Lord, we end up bringing unnecessary pain and difficulty into our lives. Uh, often, uh, you know, parents will have a very difficult time when they see their adult children uh, wandering into foolishness and sin and then getting the predictable results of that lifestyle, uh, dealing now with things like addictions and criminal records and divorce and then child support and just a whole host of complex issues that could have been easily avoided by just making different choices along the way. And sometimes as you deal with someone like that, you just, uh, parents, they just kind of want to shake their child and say, you don't have to keep living this way. Uh, You don't have to keep walking down this path. There are easier ways to live. This is what Proverbs means by laying before us the road to life or the road to death. Sin always complicates life. In contrast, Proverbs teaches us that righteousness leads to the fullest degree of joy possible. Proverbs 10, verse 22 and following, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to the blameless, but destruction to evildoers. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. You see all throughout this passage exactly what we're talking about, that there's two different ways to live that lead to two very different outcomes. Over and over in these verses, the righteous life is described as joyful. Uh, pleasurable, blessed. A life of following the principles of Scripture is a life of joy. Of course, there will be hard times, no doubt, but this is the path to the highest degree of joy and fulfillment in life. Proverbs 13, 9, the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. God doesn't want us simply to do right out of duty. Uh, He isn't holding out on us, trying to force us to do right, even though it's going to be miserable for us, simply because it's the right thing to do. Rather, Proverbs is communicating to us that God knows that this is the path to our supreme joy. It is a kindness towards us when God commands us to live righteously. It's not merely an obligation we must obey. It is the path to satisfaction and fulfillment in life. Proverbs 11, verse 23 The desire of the righteous ends only in good, the expectation of the wicked in wrath. This is one of the reasons that the end of the road of folly is death or misery, because sinful desires tend to grow in intensity the more that we feed them, and they are never satisfied. 
Sinful habits and attitudes make us miserable. Whereas a life of righteousness leads to desires that can actually be satisfied because they're aligned with the way that God designed life to function. God gave us certain desires and he gave us proper means of fulfilling them. It is when we look for joy or success or pleasure outside of the path of righteousness that we end up disappointed and unfulfilled. Proverbs 20, verse 17, Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. Sin leads to very temporary and surface-level pleasure, not true joy and fulfilled desires, not satisfaction, not meaning and purpose in life. That's why living in sin is chasing after the wind. You'll never get what you're looking for. You'll always be just out of reach to keep you in pursuit. And in the end, it becomes a kind of slavery. The end of the road of righteousness is blessing. And this isn't just a temporary feeling like the bread gained by by deceit. It's sweet for a short time and then uh, ends up disappointing. Rather, the blessing that comes through righteousness lasts. Proverbs 28 verse 10 says, Whoever misleads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will have a goodly inheritance. Inheritance is an important concept in Proverbs. It's the idea of a long-lasting benefit, a generational blessing that is passed down to posterity rather than simply dissipating at death. In the ancient world where most people were involved in agriculture, Uh, There's very little that would be more valuable to you than your family's land. And so inheriting that uh, was a kind of blessing that would really benefit you for the rest of your life. It would provide a means for you to make a living, to provide for yourself, for your family. And if you managed it well, you could actually become quite wealthy. And the path of wisdom, Proverbs says, leads to that kind of blessing, blessings that last. Sin gives an immediate and very temporary pleasure. Righteousness provides enduring benefits. Proverbs 17, verse 2. A servant who deals wisely will rule over a son who acts shamefully and will share the inheritance as one of the brothers. Notice here that Proverbs is teaching us that even though we don't all start out at the same level of privilege and opportunity, even those who are less fortunate can still find great success through following the path of wisdom. You notice here in this verse, you've got a son and a servant. Clearly, the son is the more privileged in terms of his position. And yet it says, if the son chooses the path of folly and sin, and the servant chooses the path of wisdom, despite how they started out in life, the servant will rule over the son. He will end up at a better place in life in the end, even coming from more difficult circumstances. This also leads to another important point to clarify, that wisdom takes time to see its benefits. Uh, You'll notice on the the background picture for our series in Proverbs, there's this split path, and you can't see the end of either road. That was intentional uh, to communicate that the path of wisdom does require faith on our part. You have to trust that these principles and the God who gave them to us uh, is telling us the truth and just decide, I'm going to live according to these Uh, principles of wisdom. And then over time, and it does take time, you will see that in the end it works. But the results are not immediate. Sin offers immediate benefits that are surface level and fleeting. Righteousness and wisdom offers deeply satisfying, long-lasting benefits that may take more time to realize. 
Another principle in Proverbs about the end results of the choices we make is this idea of establishment. It's come up several times in Proverbs already, uh, but here's just a few more. For example, Proverbs 12, verse 7. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. The righteous in Proverbs are said to be established, meaning righteousness protects you. It keeps you from trouble. Proverbs 13, 6, righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but sin overthrows the wicked. Jesus taught us the same principle in Matthew 7 when he talked about a person who decided to build his life on the teachings of Christ. He compared it to a man building a house on a solid rock foundation. Uh, The storms would come, beat on the house, but it would stand because it was well built. That's the image of someone who chooses a life of wisdom and righteousness. It's a life that is established and secure. Whereas, someone who rejects the teachings of Christ is compared in that passage to a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. When the storm comes, the house is destroyed, or you could say his life is destroyed. There's no stability or security for those who live in sin. Here's a really good proverb on this point. Chapter 13, verse 21 says, "'Disaster pursues sinners.'" but the righteous are rewarded with good. If you live in sin, Proverbs says, disaster is chasing after you, and eventually it will catch up to you. You can't avoid the consequences of your bad decisions forever. Righteousness is the only way to live with security, establishment, and stability. And this is true on a personal level, of course, but also on a national level. For example, Proverbs 28 verse 2 says, when a land transgresses, It has many rulers, but with a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. Stability comes through wisdom. Sin leads to instability and uncertainty. If you look around our culture today and you feel like everything is falling apart in our nation, I think this is at the root of the problem. We've rejected God and his ways and his wisdom, and what that inevitably leads to is uncertainty, instability, and ultimately at the end of the road is death. Here's a simplified way to kind of summarize everything we've said so far. It turns out that we really do reap what we sow. might take some time, but we will receive the consequences for our decisions, whether good or bad. Proverbs really emphasizes personal responsibility in life. I think that's one of the main themes throughout the whole book, is that you really are able to improve your quality of life or to destroy it. And the difference is in the decisions that you make. There's no one else to blame. Proverbs 14, verse 14, The backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways, and a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. You will eventually reap what you sow. If you walk down the path of sin and folly long enough, you will end up at the destination of death. If you walk down the path of wisdom and righteousness long enough, you'll end up at the destination of life. Proverbs really simplifies life for us, doesn't it? It's up to you. What kind of life do you want to have? But recognize you will reap what you sow. You will be filled with the fruit of your ways. And so Proverbs is sort of saying to us, like Moses in the Old Testament, I set before you life and death, so choose life. The epitome of folly is deceiving yourself into thinking that you can avoid the negative consequences for your own foolish and sinful decisions. Proverbs 26, verse 27, whoever digs a pit will fall into it, 
and a stone will come back on him who starts it rolling. If you set yourself up for failure, you will likely fail. Another pitfall that many of us fall into is just failing to choose at all, or at least uh, choosing without much thought or intentionality. We kind of just go throughout life making decisions on the fly, not really considering what we're doing. Proverbs 14 verse 22 says, Do they not go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not devising evil. Okay, but are you devising good? If you plan to do evil, Proverbs says, you will be lost. If you plan to do good, you will receive unfailing love and faithfulness. But many of us aren't really planning anything. We wander through life, making decisions quickly, hoping to sort of luck into wise choices and good results. Proverbs wants us to begin to live with intentionality. Proverbs 11, verse 27, Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. Are you diligently seeking good? Are you living each week in pursuit of obedience to Christ? Are you actively looking to make wise choices and improve the way that you're living? Now, this choice between good and evil, between wisdom and folly, extends to every area of life. Uh, We've been kind of talking abstractly so far today, but let's get a little more concrete. Think about all of the various subjects that we've covered throughout our time in Proverbs. In almost all of them, there was a binary choice, a fork in the road. We will either be proud or humble, or we could say we are either proud or humble. We are either teachable or stubborn. We're either envious or content. We either manage our finances with wisdom or foolishly. We either live honestly and with integrity or we're deceitful. We are either kind or cruel, lazy or diligent, self-disciplined or giving in to our appetites. We'll either have a good reputation or a bad reputation. We either sow discord among others or we are peacemakers. We either submit to the authorities in our life or we rebel against them. We either use our, our influence over others well, or we waste it. We either use our words for good or for harm. And in each of these questions, we have to ask ourselves, what will the end result of our choices be? What is the end of the road if we continue down our current path? And again, we could go through each one of those and see various Proverbs that says things like, the end of pride is destruction. God brings down the, pr- the proud in heart. The end of laziness, Proverbs says, is poverty and want. And you can see the results for each of these areas of life laid out. If we choose to ignore the teachings of Proverbs, if we just continue in whatever bad habits of life that we have, we will end up suffering more than we need to. Whereas if we choose wisdom, we will ultimately reap the benefits that come at the end of that path. Again, we could look at Proverbs on all of these topics. The end of humility is honor. The end of diligence is abundance. Proverbs wants us to consider where the road that we are currently walking down ends. What will be the final result of the decisions that we are making? Proverbs 4, verse 25, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. The choice is yours. And so Proverbs invites us to ponder the path of our feet, 
Which road are you walking down? What areas of your life do you need to reverse course and begin to live wisely? Proverbs is encouraging us to get on the right path and stick to it, and your ways will be sure. You will end up experiencing abundant life. Proverbs 19, verse 3, When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Such a great description of human nature. We ignore God's instructions then we get mad at God when it doesn't work out well for us. We blame him for the negative consequences that usually are the results of decisions that we've made along the way. Proverbs wants you to take responsibility for your own life. It is up to you what path you choose. You'll have no one else to blame for the areas in life in which you make poor decisions. And so we are called to choose life. Choose wisdom. Choose the fear of the Lord. Walk in his ways and find life in the end. Ultimately, the end of the road for each of us is the end of our life. Proverbs mostly speaks about this current life, how to get the most out of life, how to live in a way that is meaningful and wise and productive, but we should also consider how our lives will be viewed by God on Judgment Day. Lest you think that there are some wicked uh, people out there who seem to be getting along just fine in life, it seems to be working out for them so far, Proverbs reminds us that life is short compared to eternity, and that judgment day is coming soon. Proverbs 24, verse 19, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and be not envious of the wicked, for the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Or consider the words of Proverbs 14, verse 32, The wicked is overthrown by his evil doing, but the righteous finds refuge in his death. That's a statement worth meditating on later today. The righteous finds refuge in his death. What will be your refuge in death? What will your hope be then? Will you be filled with regret, wishing you could go back and live your life differently? Or will you be confident, standing before the Lord, knowing that you lived your life according to his commands? Not a perfect life, but an obedient life. This is the ultimate end of the road that we ought to be regularly considering. How will I wish that I I had lived when I stand before my Creator, when I give an account of my life to God? Proverbs wants to help you with this. This book has been giving us guidance in so many different areas of our life, but now the choice is ultimately up to you. Wisdom is crying out to you today to listen and to learn. We will either scoff at the instruction of Proverbs or we'll choose the way of wisdom. Let's pray together.